لو كان سلعة تباع لبذلت فيه الأموال العظام أو صعد في السماء لسمت إليه نفوس الكرام بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين Welcome all viewers and listeners to yet another podcast with Atibian which is a project dedicated to helping examine with knowledge contemporary affairs happening in the Muslim communities Likewise we discuss topics such as studying in Saudi Arabia benefiting from some of the most prominent Islamic scholars of today how to apply to the different universities, juggling marital life along with studies, self-improvement, education, books, and much more. Today, we're honored to have a very, very special guest with us, our brother, Ahmed Vanderpool. Did I pronounce it properly? Vanderpool from uh, Holland, who's here studying with us. And Jamit Imam, actually, he just finished his magisterial, so Mabrook, congratulations, Akhi. It's good to have you, man. It's been some time. We've been trying to get you on. And then now I think it's since you just finished your magisterial, uh, which we're going to talk about your thesis and the topic and things like that. Uh, last week I'm like, this is the opportune time. So hayakallah. Oh, and we also have, of course, Muhammad with us. How you doing, Muhammad? Alhamdulillah. How was your trip to Mecca last week? Alhamdulillah, it was great. Alhamdulillah, was Mecca was busy. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, and so if any brothers are upset that we didn't have a podcast last week, then you can blame it on Muhammad, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's for a good cause though. I had my Also, we have the uh, we had the daughter last week of Sheikh Saleh Suhaimi, Hafizullah Taala, Alhamdulillah here in in, uh, in Riyadh. Yeah, so while you were going with that, we were there with this. Yeah, I missed that. Subhanallah, Sheikh Ali Haddad is missed you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alhamdulillah, it was good to see the Sheikh. And you know, the Sheikh is he's mutakhassis. You know, when it comes to aqidah, that's his major. That's what he special specially specializes in. No. So when he went into this book, he's going into literally all the different details and things like that. So it was very nice, actually. Me and uh, Ahmed went together. Mashallah. Yeah, it was beautiful. Alhamdulillah. Wallahi, Shaykh Ahmed, nastafidu minkum, inshallah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen, wa salli wa sallam ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. The daura was beneficial. First of all, these are majalis al-ilm. For seeking knowledge, you know, you're sitting with other people seeking knowledge for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that has effect upon from the heart. Yeah, that has effect upon the heart. It's different when you sit at home and you watch a video or you listen to a recorded lecture or you're reading a book. So, when you're sitting with these with other students, mm. some of them which are uh, probably more advanced than you, yeah. prob- some of them are just, stud- just studying. Mm-hmm. Uh, benefiting from a sheikh who, who's known for his knowledge mm-hmm. and who's an example for us in both knowledge and and deeds. Mm-hmm. Both knowledge and acting upon that knowledge. Um, so every minute is actually you're benefiting from him. Mm-hmm. So if you're asking about one benefit, it's like any, every, every minute there is a benefit. Sahih. Sahih. And even the even the, the the sitting itself, you know, the the malaika, the the, the angels coming there for uh, and, and asking Allah Subhanahu wa Taala for you for forgiveness mm-hmm. for the for the student of knowledge, which is already a, a benefit, wow. and we're all in need of the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, mm-hmm. and this is one of the the ways. So by seeking knowledge, learning our religion, sitting with people. Of knowledge, people that love knowledge and seek knowledge, and try to to implement this knowledge as mm-hmm. well. 
I think as a whole is a, is a big benefit. And sometimes you don't see the benefit except after a couple of years. It takes years Sahih. to see the benefits. Because you change bit by bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't change overnight. And, and that's one of the secrets of uh, seeking knowledge with the scholars mm-hmm. and traveling for, for knowledge. For knowledge is that it really has effect over time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like changing your heart. It changes your way of thinking, changes your conduct, I hope. So. And uh, yeah, you should always uh, look at yourself. Mm-hmm. What am I now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't see the benefit now, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you see it after like 10 years. So, yeah. I'm talking really I'm talking about 10 years. I'm not talking about one or two years. I'm talking about uh, 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, and I think that's the, the biggest benefit, especially when you look at uh, a sheikh like Sheikh uh, Salah Sahimi, who's uh, currently the Mufti, the mufti of Medina, yeah. of Al uh, Medina Munawwara or Medina Nabawiya. Um, he's an older man mm-hmm. with a lot of experience, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of experience in teaching and dealing with different affairs and different people as well. Mm-hmm. And He's like, a, you know, he's an example for us to follow as well. 100%. 100%. Doesn't say, I don't mean to say that he's infallible. Yeah. No. But Which uh, no scholar is infallible. Nobody is infallible yeah. except the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And, but we need, the, we need uh, good examples no. in our lives. 100%. Regarding that, something very refreshing. Mm. I wasn't there, but I saw it uh, on Twitter. It's uh, even Sheikh Ali Haddadi's father. Mashallah, mm-hmm. uh, Sheikh Yahya, he was sitting there. So. I remember last time when Sheikh Salah Suhaimi came, I think the first, the very, very first door in Sheikh Al Haddadi's masjid, the Sheikh Salah Suhaimi took part. And um, after the lecture, we were invited to uh, Sheikh Al Haddadi's father's house. Mm-hmm. And they were sitting there, Sheikh uh, Yahya and Sheikh Salah Suhaimi and Sheikh Ali. And it turns out they used, they were classmates. Mm. They were classmates back in school, Sheikh Yahya and, and Sheikh Salah al-Suhaymi. And they were talking about, you know, days back in school Allah and these Allah. sort of things. Allah. And he was sitting there, subhanAllah, pen in hand, book, يعني, notebook in hand, taking notes, benefiting from the durus mm. for almost four years. And he's a he's an old man. He's actually in a, in a, this, one of these electric wheelchairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the brother mentioned, that's an amazing example. So. يعني, if, if this individual who was a qadi, he used to be a qadi, he used to be a judge. يعني, mm-hmm. Himself mm-hmm. is very knowledgeable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was there benefiting from the sheikh, sitting there for hours on end. It's one of the best examples. And like the brother mentioned, some are way advanced, more advanced than you. Some are beginner students Sahih. of knowledge. Sahih. All of you coming together for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to benefit and sit under the feet of this great scholar. It's, 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 it's an experience that you will not get over YouTube. And you will not get, you know, through a recorded lesson. Sahih. It's something that you have to come and sit and experience for yourself. And he has a profound and, effect. And it also shows us that knowledge, you continue seeking it. And it never stops. Never stops. Yani, yeah. the Sheikh, Sheikh Yahya is old. Yani. Yeah. He's, I want to say, at least 80s, right? 80s, yeah, 90s, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And he's there sitting in the masjid taking knowledge. So, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. May Allah Ta'ala accept it from us all. I mean, to make it sincere. Uh, with that, going on to the next thing that happened uh, within the last week, we had, um, you know, the situation that happened in Syria and Turkey, which I'm sure all the viewers and listeners are very familiar with, and that was the earthquakes that t- took place there. So I wanted to just talk about that from the standpoint of Ahlus Sunnah Jama'ah when dealing with these different trials and tribulations, because we all know that this is, without a doubt, uh, a tremendous sign 
and it's something which we need to use as a, a valuable indicator of Allah Ta'ala's qudra and his ability right. and it shows his magnificence and his ability uh, and he's qadir ala kulli shay and he's able to do all things so I want to bring that topic up and let us discuss that and just give the viewers something to take away from it from reminders so either one of you guys can start on that inshallah ta'ala yeah like you mentioned it, it shows the qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the might and power the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that he's the creator of everything and he creates with knowledge and with wisdom he doesn't just create and shows his 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 might and power he creates because there is a wisdom behind it he wants yeah. something from it mm. one of the things that we can learn from it is that it, it shows the, the greatness of Allah mm. that it shows that he is the creator and we are part of his creation no. that, that we are that we are that we are weak Sahih. Sahih. we're just humans and that we don't have any power over any of the affairs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm -hmm. And we have a obligation to our creator. Mm -hmm. Because if he created these things, we must think about these things. We must, and what you call tadabbur. Yeah, well, have reminders of it. Reminders. Take heed of it, yes. Just like you you, you take heed or you, you, you ponder over the, over the Quran. Mm -hmm. The ayat of the Quran, the mm -hmm. signs of Allah, because mm -hmm. al-ayah literally means sign. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, so the, the the verses of the Quran are signs of Allah. Mm -hmm. The creation of Allah and what He does in His creation are signs of Allah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The sun and the moon and the stars and what happens in in in, in, uh, in the creation in the universe mm -hmm. are signs of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. We should think about. Sahih. And what you should should think about is why. Am I here? Mm. Why do these things happen? No. What is the purpose of my creation? Why did I? Mm. Why, why am I created? No. Which is the worship of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Like Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said, said in the in the Quran, "Wama khalaqtu jinn wal insa illa liyabudun." I only created the jinn and the, and the mankind to worship me. Mm -hmm. And if he created us to worship him, he will certainly test us. And one of the ways of testing us is by trials and tribulations. Trials and tri uh, tribulations. No. And no doubt that this is one of the trials and no. tribulations that uh, that we have to deal with. And it shows uh, who is the no. best in deeds. How do we deal with it? Some people might get angry. Some mm. people might, get, uh, might despair. Some mm. people... Uh, might even fall into disbelief. No, no. Some people become stronger in the iman. Mm -hmm. Some people have tawakkul. Uh, they they trust in Allah. They have they they be they're patient. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And some people they return to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala after being uh, sinful. No, it reminds me of the statement of Abdullah bin Mas'ud where he said um, there was during his time there was a, a earthquake in. Uh, and Kufa, right, which would be present day like Iraq, Syria area. And he said, once that earthquake took place, he said, uh, verily this is an ayah, this is a, something of admonishment from your Lord, so take heed. So once that took place, and he, clearly this is what we should be doing, taking heed and going back to it, just like the, also the statement of Omar al-Khattab when it was an earthquake during that time, he, uh, it was narrated that he said, whoa, people, what's, what is this? Yani, what's hadha? 
He said, if this happens again, I'm leaving this place. Mm-hmm. Meaning this is something which is a sign and something that causes fear also in the heart of the ibad, right? Of the servants. Yeah, because it could be a punishment. It could be a punishment now. From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the sins of some people. Mm-hmm. And it could be a test for others. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't know which one is. No, exactly. If you're a sinner mm-hmm. or you have a lot of sins you didn't repent from, then you have to be you have to be afraid that this might be a punishment for you. No. But use the opportunity to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's actually so these these things are actually from the Rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm-hmm. to remind us no. for taqweef to Sahih. to create what create taqweef, fear. Give to create fear to fear. No. And uh, that we Ascribe these things to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't ascribe these things to nature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like some people do. They say these earthquakes are just natural disasters. Natural disasters, yeah. Just natural disasters. Like mm. it's just physics. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just geology. geology. It's, yeah. it's nothing special. Yeah, yeah. Or even some of them even commit shirk. They say, what? Mother nature. Mother nature did this to us. And no. Just like the ni'am, the good things are from Allah. Mm-hmm. Also the things which... Uh, we consider disasters mm-hmm. are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is part of our aqidah. No. We attribute these things that happen to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. And that's part of our our iman, our our yeah. iman towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and tawheed. No. Yeah. And our belief uh, in al-qadr. No, our belief in al-qadr as yeah. well. The, al-qadr the, the, is the, the, the decree of Allah. The divine decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like you mentioned, that there's a hikmah behind it. All of this happens for a reason. And you've mentioned many of them, but there's one particular one, which is that Sheikh Zahab ibn Qayyim mentioned this in the book, Al-Wabil Al-Sayyib, where he talks about sabr and the likes. And he mentions that there are certain levels of servitude of Ubudiyah mm-hmm. that one cannot reach mm-hmm. except through sabr. Mm-hmm. Certain levels of getting close to Allah. So you can only reach that by way of, of sabr. No. Like Allah subhanahu wa said, no. that only those who are patient will get their reward in full. Or will get the reward without reckoning. Mm-hmm. So, and he also mentions a very beautiful point. He says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that you need to know, that he does not test you. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't test you and these things don't come about because Allah wants to take revenge, Allah wants to destroy you. Mm-hmm. But rather Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests us and these tribulations come our way. So Allah can mm. test our patience and our servitude. Because mm. if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reality wanted to, if you like, take revenge or no. wanted to hold us accountable for our sins. Nobody would be alive. Like Allah says. If Allah were to hold us account for our sins, then no no moving creature would be left on earth. All of us would would have been destroyed if that was the case. But rather Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves them for an appointed term. So our sins are way more Than, than these natural disasters. No. These natural disasters, what they call natural disasters, they call natural disasters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which it isn't, it's all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a taster, like you've mentioned, just a sign, it's just a wake-up call Sahih. for all of us no. that we need to benefit from. And 
the last thing I would love to add is that even those brothers and those sisters that have passed away, then there's a hadith in Sayyid al-Bukhari that mentions that the shuhada are five. Mm. There are five types of shuhada. Mm. And these are shuhada. I mean, when it comes to shaheed or the person who's a martyr, you have shaheed al-dunya and shaheed al-akhirah. Mm. Uh, you have the person who's shaheed as in shaheed in this world, mm. who has the ahkam of shaheed that he's... Uh, uh, the ahkam of the shaheed in, in this world, mm-hmm. which are many. Um, and you have those shuhada who don't have the rulings of a shaheed in this world, but they are a shaheed on the, in the hereafter. Mm-hmm. So one of them is sahibul hadm, the no. person who, t- who dies under um, hadm. Rebel. A rubble, under rubble, rubble yeah. or basically a wall falls on mm-hmm. him or, mm-hmm. or, or, or a house collapses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and from them are, are the, these brothers and sisters who died in, in, mm-hmm. in this particular calamity, like Sheikh Salman Rahayli mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so may Allah Ta'ala have mercy on those that died. May Allah Ta'ala Amen. give patience to those that are still alive. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala aid and help those orphans that have been left behind mm-hmm. and those widows and everything, how their life has been turned upside down. Mm-hmm. So all, all we can do, what we should do is number one, take heed. Number two, make dua. And number three, support them with, with wealth. And I know people that have actually gone there in mm-hmm. person. Yeah, me as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so if you can't go there, then at least, you know, support them with, with, with your wealth. And one of... In in a, in, a, in a way that is, in a way that is reliable, obviously. Mm. One of the best ways, if you live in Saudi Arabia, you can take part in the Hamla Shabiya. Yeah, yeah. By uh, organized by the government itself, or no. any other reliable. Which way. I sent this, I sent this to the Telegram group as well, no, so people can. I don't know if are they still accepting. Um, I think they are. Okay, if they're still accepting that de- uh, donations, then yeah, I sent the link. It's one, one of and the I can put it in the comments as well. Yeah, and then make dua. Sheikh Salman Rahili's got a clip or a statement where he says that. He, he, he wishes that he could get the reward of those who are actually pulling people out from oh, the rubble. Subhanallah. Imagine oh, they're saving a person's life. Subhanallah. mentions that whoever uh, takes a soul, like he, he took souls of everyone. Whoever allows a soul to live or helps it to live, then it's as if he allowed everybody to live. Yeah. So it's it's beautiful. May Allah aid the Muslims there. No. The last thing I want to finish on. Um, was just I went with that same topic was the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, where he said that these these type of issues with earthquakes specifically it's also from the signs of the hour, right? And he said in a, in an authentic hadith that's found in uh, Bukhari, يعني, the hour will not be established until Islamic knowledge is taken away, is taken away يعني, by the death of the religious people, and likewise earthquakes will become very frequent. And the hadith goes on with some more signs, but I also want to mention that as well to again. Aiding what we said before, which is that these are from the signs in which Allah Ta'ala sends down to us to bring us something to have us give to dabbur, but also give us the fear. And it, it, tomorrow's not promised, right? Tomorrow we can we can go back to Allah Ta'ala and we got to make sure we have something in which we can put put forth. Ta'ala. Did you have anything else on that, Shaykh Ahmed, before we move on? The last point, these are signs for the coming of the hour and also signs like we can we cannot imagine how... Mm. The last day will be, will be. No. And even the the, the zalaz and the earthquakes of the of the hour, we cannot mm. imagine like like it will be because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. He said, "Ida zul zalatil ardu zil zalah." No. And ida dukatil ardu dakkan dakka. No. These are all signs of the not just signs of the hour. And the hour comes, the earth will be shaken. Yes, exactly. The earth will be shaken. No. Wajah Rabbuk wal Malaku safan safa. No. And the angels. Mm-hmm. And the Lord and our Lord will come. No. 
so it's 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 a reminder no. for al-akhirah sahih sahih so both the reminder it's like it's one of the signs of al-akhirah mm. the coming of the of the hour and it's a these are the so the muqaddimat and yeah. like uh it's like a small uh sample yeah of what's to come of what is going to come no just a little bit of how it will be a little bit and of course it will will be in a way we cannot imagine how it will be exactly but this is like a small sample that if this is already uh, like a mudammir yeah and destroying Mm -hmm. the the destruction that we see now then how uh, the hour will be you actually reminded me of something which is kind of like a stemming from that because you mentioned a principle from Ahl Sunnah, which is that when it comes to these immortal, yani ghaybiyya, for example, yom al-akhirah, stuff like that, we don't go into yani how we don't know how it's going to be specifically. And it reminds me of a uh, video you sent, mm. where some guys were using like AI or something to like draw up like the, the hereafter or the oh yeah, subhanallah, and, and like oh this is how yeah. it's, look this is the bridge right here, and look this right here is how it's going to be the hellfire, and subhanallah, and they were and they're like you know. And it's, it's right here on YouTube. You can find it where people are, and it got probably I think over a million views now. And they're like just trying to show people, and you know how it's going to be. And it's like la la, ignorance. This is actually goes against the kawaii of Ahlus Sunnah Jama'ah. We don't, we don't, we can't put some type of description into some type of AI, and then say, oh look, this is how it's going to be. La, have them in, yani ghaib, yani something which is the unseen. We don't know. We have that which comes in the authentic hadith. We establish it. But as far as, oh, it's going to look like red like this and cloudy like this and it's going to be really thin and we're going to fall off like this and this side. And it's a Hollywood version. It's a Hollywood, exactly, exactly. And it will be worse than that. I mean, it's, it's, it's generally speaking, no, regarding this issue, and I mentioned, some scholars mentioned this before as well. Some some people, they do Allah Musta'anis. Either they'll put as a, as a, as a picture, a thumbnail for a lecture. Mm-hmm. Let's say about hellfire. Mm-hmm. And they'll put fire or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or they'll talk about Jannah, and they'll mm. put like a picture of, of gardens and, and the likes. Mm-hmm. Or they'll put on Quran with on the background with the verses. They'll have different scenery. Mm-hmm. I heard one of the scholars mention it's not it's not permissible. Mm-hmm. It's not allowed because, mm-hmm. Subhanallah. Obviously, in one way, the Akhirah, you know, is, is different. It's something mm-hmm. It's something that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and and no heart has ever imagined. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for you right now to even in person try and draw the sirat, yes, or get an AI to do it and draw the sirat with fire or whatever, you are doing a major, you're causing a major issue when it comes to the Muslimun and their perception or their, if you like, imagination mm. of the hereafter. Because now when he hears about hellfire, he's got that picture in mind. Mm. And the hellfire is nothing close to that. Yeah, which is my There's nothing close yeah. to hellfire. No. When they think about Jannah, they got that picture in mind. Yeah. When yeah. Jannah is way beyond that. So you want to leave the people to their imagination when they read a hadith, if you like. And their imagination will, won't reach it. Whatever comes to you. SubhanAllah, when you think about Jannah, whatever comes to your mind, mm. Jannah is better than that. Exactly. When you think about Hellfire, and you read all of the descriptions of Hellfire, Prophet has mentioned from beginning till end, mm. whatever comes to your mind, the reality is worse than that. Exactly. So why would you want to draw that if you like and kind of like restrict people's imagination if you like of, of, of what these things actually are even though the imagination can't reach it by doing these sort of things so it's something subhanallah that is very but very not even not, i mean not even that they're, they're affirming something like 
this is how it's gonna be, and it's like they nah, might not even they might not, not even the say like, they might not even say this is how it's going to be. Mm. They might just be like, oh, let's just see how the AI works. But you are still causing mm-hmm. a major problem issue for sure for people's you know for people's perception. If I'm not mistaken, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but if I'm not mistaken because I didn't finish watching the entire video. Weren't they also doing it like with profits or something? Yeah, the Isa They were like, yeah, let's try out this prophet and try yeah. to see how he looks. And, blah, and then blah, blah. they even the prophet Muhammad, but they're like, oh, prophet Muhammad it didn't show us. Oh, how good of them. Why are you even putting stuff like that in? Allah Mustaan. Allah Mustaan. One thing I want to mention is, like the brother talked about, when it comes to the hereafter, this being a sign. Allah says, Inna sa'ati shay'un hmm. The zilzal or the shaking of the earth when the last hour comes, shay'un azim, that's something that's great. Mm-hmm. It's something to the extent that Allah says, that the earth will become qa'an safsafa. Mm-hmm. And this one place, mm-hmm. one earth that we've seen in Syria and Turkey, where all the, uh, everything's become rubble and the whole of the earth will become like that. Wow. Everything will become sh- like, if you like qa'an safsafa, like a, like a straight, if you like plain, plain field, yeah. plain field. Mm-hmm. Subhanallah, mm. may Allah protect us. Allah, may Allah, I mean, may Allah, I mean, may Allah make it easy for the brothers and sisters there in Syria and Turkey and aid the Muslims everywhere. Allah, may I mean, uh, going on to the next topic, it was it had to do with the, the, the last podcast and it was regarding questions uh, connected to labeling and name calling. And I'm just going to put the, the comment on the screen so you guys can see it, it's right in front of you, and I'll also read it. So the brother, he says, I'm going through your podcast episodes and enjoying it thus far. May Allah bless you. What what bothers me though is when you brothers contradict yourselves. <laughs> how how can you say that calling someone madkhali is name calling, but in the same breath say kutabi and sururi is not? The premise you use is that madakhila or madkhaliya did not come with anything new, but the others did. Well, from their perspective, madkhaliya did come with something new. So according to your principle, that is fine. Either both sides are name calling or e- neither sides are correct. You can't pick and choose when it appeals to suit your narrative. Barakalafikum, this is only diff- the only difficult part that I've seen in the podcast. Otherwise, the podcast is okay. Ah, I'm going to let you I start mean, with that because I think you you also re- replied to it, right? With yeah, a I, I replied to it and I actually replied to it after also replying in my channel when one of the students asked and said, Actually, blatantly, the student said, can we benefit from Madkhali resources? Mm. And, I'm like, and then I told him, do you mean Madkhali? And then the student said, aren't they a sect? Mm-hmm. So I answered with a very long answer there as well. Uh-huh. Maybe you can post that later. Hold uh, on, but before you go into it, let me just make sure I clarify the question. So the question from what I'm gathering from the brother saying is that you guys are calling this group Kutabi, Sorori, Ikhwani, you name it, right? Mm. And then they're like, on this side, well, they're calling you Madkhiliya or Madakhila, but you're saying that's name calling. Meanwhile, you guys are name calling. So, what's the problem here? Okay. Like I've mentioned in the comment, first and foremost, when we talk about name calling, generally speaking, Aslan, mm-hmm. we are actually talking about bootlickers and these sort of things. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. we're talking about when we say name calling. When it comes to this that he's talking about, then um, when it comes to different firaq and different sects in our religion, so, mm-hmm. they come with different names. Okay, sometimes the name returns back to their actual misguidance, mm-hmm. such as Qadari and Jibri and the likes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a certain sect is ascribed to its founder or the person who actually innovated that. Okay, mm-hmm. now for the person to say that this is a contradiction because from their perspective, you're called, it's not about people's perspectives, it's about realities. 
Okay? Yeah, that's that's a very important point to make sure we know. It's yeah. not a, it's not based upon some type of mizan that we've said in the podcast or that we just came up with in our minds, but it's the mizan based upon Quran and Sunnah. Nah, nah. In reality. So the mm. reality is that we have the Quran and Sunnah and understanding of the Salaf, mm. which is the religion that Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam came with. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's upon that path, yes, he's a Sunni, he's a Salafi, he's Sahib Sunnah. Firqatun Naji, call them whatever you like. Which these all of these names are come have have are good terms and they've come in Quran and Sunnah. And Quran these and are Sunnah. things in which are established. Now, so anyone who's upon that path, mm-hmm. right? Anyone who veers from that path and innovates into the religion, then the scholars they label that innovation either by the innovation itself or by ascribing it to the person who has invented it. Okay, no. so that's from so you have Qadriyya, you have Jabri, you have Jahmiya. Mm-hmm. Which is Jahmin Safwan, Jahmin Mu'tazila, you have, and all these different names. And this is what you pretty much named in your comment, right? Exactly. In your group as well. The, yeah, you said and, the same and, thing. And in my group as well. So the point here is that mm-hmm. when the scholars, they name someone and they say Qutbi or Sururi, mm-hmm. yes, is because they're ascribing that person to an innovated path that has been introduced into the religion or propagated into the religion by these individuals. No. Sayyid Qutb or Muhammad bin Surur, mm-hmm. Sayyid Abidin, right? Mm-hmm. Now when you say, okay, well, and I'm going to call you Madkhali, then the question is, did Sheikh Rabi' al-Madkhali innovate a sect? Mm-hmm. When you say, I'm going to call you Jami, or I'm going to call you Wahhabi, same same breath. Mm-hmm. Those people that say Wahhabi about the people of Tawheed. Mm-hmm. Did Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab come with something new? Mm-hmm. Now, if he did come come with something new, then I say to you, okay, you can ascribe people to his path. Mm-hmm. But if Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab and Sheikh Rabi al Madkhili and Sheikh Muhammad Man al Jami and all these other illustrious scholars, if the reality is they didn't come with something new, they called to the Quran and the Sunnah upon the way of the Salaf. And that's based upon, we're saying they didn't call it to nothing new based upon the Mizan of Quran and Sunnah. Not nah. based upon the understanding or opinion of Abdul uh, Hamid yeah, or Muhammad Abdul Walid or Sheikh Ahmed here. It's nah. based upon. That understanding of Quran and Sunnah that they yeah. have not come with new. Look at the checkbox. Okay, nothing new here. Nothing new. Kalas. So then, <laughs> if if anything, mm. if if anything, you should be calling people that follow their path call them Salafi, because mm. we're not following Sheikh Rabir bin Hadi al Madkhali. For example, when mm. it comes to obeying the Muslim ruler and not warning against him, mm. yes, uh, not talking against him and and, and not uh, speaking about him openly, we're not following Sheikh Rabir bin Hadi al Madkhali in this. Pl- Affair. Mm. We're following Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the Sahaba and the Salaf and the Qur- that's what we're following. No. So if anything, if, you, if you're going to be just, mm. yes, then you should call such people Salafi, call mm. such people Sunni. That, that's mm. the truth. But now for you to ascribe them to Sharbeh al Madkhali like that, there's a major injustice. No. Because now you are giving the impression as if this way is a way that is different from the Quran and the Sunni, no. and that's not the reality. So there is no contradiction. The contradiction is that. You are comparing between oranges and apples. Mm. When you do that, you see a contradiction. But Sorry. they're two separate things. You Sorry. got haq, you got batil. So. You got guidance, you got misguidance. You can't compare the two. Sorry. Sorry. No. Shay Ahmed, what do you say about this uh, particular issue? I know this didn't happen while you were on the I think, platform. I think but... Muhammad already answered uh, mm-hmm. the question itself. Mm-hmm. Just maybe it needs some some background uh, concerning what they call in Arabic tasnif. Uh, classification of uh, groups and people. No. Uh, like Sheikh Muhammad, he just said, should I say Usul Muhammad or just Muhammad? <laughs> <laughs> like Sheikh Muhammad said, uh, 
people are ascribed by certain names based upon a certain uh, deviation or an innovation that they're known for or ascribed to a certain person who came with that innovation so the innovation they ascribe to the innovation itself or to the person that came with it and then you can like you can have a, like uh, sub categories and sub classifications uh, because Ahle Bida, the people of Bida also differ among themselves how do you distinguish between one and the other why do we want to classify mm. why do, do we want to categorize people because this is actually uh, something uh, in which there is haq and batil in which there is truth and falsehood mm -hmm. classifying groups of people should uh, serve a purpose, a noble purpose. Mm -hmm. It should not be done because you don't like this particular individual or you have an issue with him in some world, worldly affairs or he's not from your group or not from, from your friends. Mm -hmm. So it, it must be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not because, yeah. because of yourself. Mm -hmm. Secondly, it, should, should purpose, uh, it has a purpose. The purpose is what to identify the uh, the the innovation actually. Mm -hmm. So you you know who are you dealing with, mm -hmm. and how to call this person back to the truth. Because not every innovation is the same. So you can prepare. What what is the thing? Well, which are the things that you have to focus upon when you're refuting or calling somebody or a group uh, back to the truth, back mm -hmm. to the path of what. Like it's like the, uh, Sheikh Muhammad said, back to the way of the Salaf, mm. the way of the Quran, the way of the Sunnah is understood by the Salaf. So that so we need to to know we need to classify them. Mm -hmm. We need to classify them for the purpose of Dawah, mm. for the purpose of warning the people against a certain innovation. Mm -hmm. And there is a, a certain amount of generalization in this. That, that's that's true. Mm. So that, that's one part. Second part is that we have to, uh, with when classifying people or or, like, or identifying groups, mm -hmm. ascribing them to a certain bid'ah or certain uh, innovator who's known for this bid'ah, we follow the the correct way. Mm -hmm. It's not like you label just anybody. You're looking around. You look at anybody. You, you see, oh, oh, this person is so. This person is so. This person is so. This person is so. That's not the purpose. Mm -hmm. And it should be done with justice. It should be done when needed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, uh, in the way which is uh, the amount which needed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not about classifying everybody or any sect or any uh, layman to ascribe him to, to a certain ideology or a certain aqeed, uh, uh, a certain, uh, what do you call aqeed in, in English? Creed. A creed. Yeah, belief. Or a certain innovation. Mm -hmm. Because the majority of them, they might not know, you mm -hmm. know, and there's no purpose. It doesn't serve any purpose. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you, there is a uh, a way that you have to follow. Mm -hmm. First of all, you have to have knowledge. Mm -hmm. You must be upon knowledge mm -hmm. of this innovation and what is actually the problem with this innovation and how to remove this innovation. Mm -hmm. You have to be honest. You should not lie. You should not falsely accuse somebody of something that he 
uh, he's not. No. Also, you should you shouldn't uh, oppress somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, by uh, also distingu- distinguishing different types of innovation, mm-hmm. different types of mistakes that people have. Mm-hmm. Some mistakes are kufr, disbelief. Mm-hmm. Some of the mistakes are sins. Mm-hmm. So how do we deal with somebody who fell into kufr? Mm-hmm. It's different than uh, different from somebody who fell into a sin. Mm-hmm. So it serves a purpose, mm-hmm. and it has a certain uh, way of dealing it. But just calling everybody certain names and using, uh, yeah, like some of these uh, words that you, that you you mentioned just yeah, ago, yeah. it doesn't serve any purpose. Exactly. And it's mostly only to to call people to to yourself uh, or to uh, it's something out of desire. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, for for some people that do it. The purpose is why some people do it is to um, put people off from the truth itself. Mm-hmm. So these mm-hmm. are, are labels that they use to get you to sort of stay away from the truth. Sahih. So just like, for example, the Sufi and the Shia, mm-hmm. they'll call uh, the people of Tawhid, they'll call them Wahhabis. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, why do they call them Wahhabis? They call them Wahhabis because they want to put you off from benefiting from the books of Shem Hamdad al-Wahhab. But now, when you another thing they do as well is this more dangerous which is that there might be people that ascribe themselves to the way of Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab or they might read his books or they might praise him and they might be extreme like ISIS for example mm. so ISIS for example or, or even the Khawaj generally speaking yes mm. they might uh, venerate or, or, or if you like hold Sheikh Muhammad Wahab or ascribe themselves to the way of, 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 of the Salaf in, the, in their terms and they might quote Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab and his books, for example. Mm-hmm. So now, the Sufis and Shias, what do they do? They'll be like, look at these Wahhabis. Mm-hmm. Now they want to use one term to put the Khawarij and the Salafiyun all in one bucket mm-hmm. so that you stay from the truth completely. So they want to kind of, if you like, as, uh, associate the people of the Sunnah and upon the way of the Salaf with the Khawarij by using this one term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The same thing when it comes to these terms like Madkhali, right? There are people, I'm not going to deny this there are people that ascribe themselves to Sheikh Rabbi al-Madkhali yes mm-hmm. who might go to extremes صح? so some people they will quote and they will point at the mistakes of such individuals mm-hmm. and then try and paint all of the people of Al-Sunnah Al-Jama'ah and people mm-hmm. upon the way of the Salaf mm-hmm. with this derogatory term by saying Madkhali by saying Madkhali or, or Jami or the likes mm-hmm. okay so the purpose for them is to deter people from the truth. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like we said, what's the difference between Madkhali and Jami and Wahhabi? The difference is that one is a descriptive term, mm-hmm. indicative of that person's innovation, mm-hmm. and the other one, it's a lie, it's a slander, it's oppression, yeah. and it's not in accordance with the truth and reality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the, the situation is pretty clear, and I think even in that same podcast, because they comment on both podcasts, last one, and also the one where we did like names and uh, rulings. That's no. not what and um, I think it's pretty clear. Like, if someone even let's talk even in a general sense, somebody attributes themselves to Islam, yet they're going and they're praying to the Qabur, and they're calling an S and Dua from whatever the case may be, right? Are we going to say these people are upon the straight Milla? You get what I'm saying? No. Not about passing hukum directly from us, but what I'm saying yeah. is that Islam in its yeah. essence. Yeah, it's the same thing here. So no. I think what you're talking about is misusing the name, meaning like they they want to shun people away from it right yeah so they deter people from the truth exactly so they'll say that knowing that that person isn't even really from 
the minhaj of Muhammad al Wahhab, for example. Yes. Right? But they want to put all of you in one bucket. They want to put it all in one bucket so people can stay away from it. Yeah, yeah. Allahumma And I hope that this topic clarified that issue. There is something which the Prophet sallallahu has already informed us that this ummah mm. will divide. No. Will be divided in mm -hmm. groups. Mm -hmm. Will differ. No. Just like the Jews and the Christians differed. Mm -hmm. If Tarakat al Yahud, if Tarakat al Nasara, and then the Prophet said, If Tarakat al Ummati, a Thalathim was Sabrina Firqa. They will separate into 73 sects. Yeah. Mm. And then, Kulu Hafinar, Ila Wahida. All of them, they are warned of being in the hellfire. Because mm -hmm. it's a warning from the Prophet. Except one. Mm -hmm. So as a, as a new Muslim, you know, my perspective as a new Muslim, when you see all these sects, mm -hmm. all these different names, which one should you follow? <laughs> That's the thing, because it's mm -hmm. a lot of name, names and a lot 100%. of classifications, mm -hmm. and everybody claims that he's upon the truth. Mm -hmm. And everybody believes he's on the truth. Sahih. Of course, uh, we have Husn uh, al Everybody really he has a good intention and he wants to everybody to be on the truth on the truth. He knew he himself wants to be on the truth. Yeah. But unfortunately, not everybody's on the truth. Mm -hmm. People make mistakes for whatever reason. They deviate for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But the Prophet ﷺ already ga gave a solution. Mm -hmm. When you see the people divided, the Sahaba asked him, Ya Rasulullah. Yani, sifhum lana. Describe us. Yeah. Describe them. The, who, who are the saved ones? No. Who's the one which is on the path, on your path, mm -hmm. and the path of who's on your path? Man ashabi. The path upon which I am today and my companions. No. So whatever uh, group you or ever sect or whatever you come across. You you have this mizan. What what you, the, scale. you the scale. scales mm -hmm. that you have to put them on? Yeah. Are they upon the way of the Prophet and his companions or not? Mm -hmm. yeah. So look at the realities and don't look at the names. Sahih. Sahih. Yeah. And I think that's 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 the the best solution when you're when you like you get you get confused who's up on the truth all these names is this name calling and not name calling it makes it so much simpler it makes it said. so much simpler mm -hmm. and, and wallahi if you have a pure intention mm -hmm. a sincere intention for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you are really sincere and you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide you mm -hmm. and you put effort in in learning your religion mm -hmm from the known sources from the Quran and from the Sunnah mm -hmm. and from the people of of all the people of the past mm -hmm. Allah will guide you to the straight path the path of the, of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his, and, his and his companions and he will guide you to the to the people that are nowadays mm -hmm. upon that upon path. the truth so. and there will so. always be a people and there will always that's a beautiful point to mention and that's a beautiful mizan to make sure everyone's caring because like you said when we come you first come to Islam as a new Muslim you hear all these names I know for me it was like it was, actually when I I'm from Pittsburgh. When I was coming from Pittsburgh, it wasn't that big of a deal. Once I left outside, came to Saudi, came to eat. This is what I'm like, yo, who are you talking about? Who is this person? Who is what is this? What's that? What's this? That's when it got confusing. But if you lose use that same blueprint, that same mizan, well, I I'm sorry, and the situation is very easy. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned um, 
you know when you came to when you first came to Islam, you had a lot of this is nice bridge to it. Yes, of course. Point. Now we're going into the next topic, which is you becoming Muslim. Let's let's give the viewers and the listeners a little bit about you know who is our guest here, who is this guy on Tibian today. So I know you 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 know you don't you would like to shy away from this particular topic, but you know just go into it lightly and shut along time. So coming from Holland, um, when did you become Muslim? What, what, what year was this? I became Muslim in two thousand two. Two thousand and two. Yeah. And then you came later to study two thousand nine? I came in two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah. Mashallah, mashallah. So, so I became Muslim in two thousand two. I was uh just I was twenty twenty one years old. I was just about to turn twenty two actually. Okay. I was born in nineteen eighty. Mm. So this might might be you're asking <laughs> how did how this guy with his can be still in in university. Uh-huh. <laughs> um so in 2002, uh, I became Muslim. Mm-hmm. Alhamdulillah. Mumtaz. And before you was Muslim, you were what? Christian? Be- before, I grew up as a atheist, actually. Okay. We didn't have any religion. Mm-hmm. Or what you... Some some family members, they, they believed there was a something mm-hmm. with a big S, with a capital S. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they didn't really have a, a religion. They didn't follow religion. Even though my, my surroundings or my... or In Holland, it was like a... Uh, a Christian environment, mm-hmm. sort of, where uh, I went to Christian schools, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I think the majority of the the students in school and the majority are, are, they they might be Christian, but they actually not not yeah, religious yeah. Christians. Yeah, they it's like or, a name; they just say it, but they're not really practicing. Yeah, or they or they atheists like mm-hmm. like like we used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more like a cultural thing, actually, which sometimes. is kind of common in Holland. Maybe for atheist atheism. Yeah, it's pretty secular uh, mm-hmm. country, uh, atheist country. It's okay. Like Northern Europe, yeah. for the ones that are no- northern, northwestern Europe, mm-hmm. uh, close to the UK, <laughs> close to yeah. to Scandinavian countries. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, which yeah. is which is common? And the the, norm- yeah, the the majority is uh, used to be Christian, mm-hmm. but I think nowadays the majority is is atheist or agnostic. Mm-hmm. whatever they call themselves mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so i grew up in this this environment not having any religion but uh knowing something of uh, something about the christianity and some we used to participate in their uh, activities sometimes mm-hmm. because we had to go to school and it's, it's part of the the daily life yeah 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 um so what turned what, what made you like how did you go from living your life up until 2021 20, which is Pretty much a adult, right? Yeah, and then how, how you're, you become Muslim, yeah, you're becoming Muslim. So how did you go from atheist to yeah. becoming? Well, I, I used to I liked reading from a young age, mm-hmm. and when I was about twelve, twelve, I think I used I, I started reading, going to the library and getting the book, the books this, of these great philosophers that I heard about in the mm-hmm. in the in the newspapers or on the media, mm-hmm. Nietzsche and Heidegger and these all these these. The philosopher. So I used to and, and books of history and, and stuff. Mm. I like to read. You know. mm. Maybe there was something I was looking for. I don't know at that time. Mm-hmm. I just was more interested in these things than I was interested. I just read about everything that I could read. You know, mm-hmm. even the even the, even a, 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 any magazine I could get my hands on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had like a, I I tend to be I I have an interest for philosophy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. Greater the questions of life, yeah. You know, yeah. even though 
you don't show it in that age, right? When you're mm. teenager, you don't show it to the to your peers that you're interested in these things because they're not interested. In yeah, these things. it's not the cool thing. Huh? It's not the cool <laughs> thing. It's, it's, yeah. So, but well, alhamdulillah, I'm, uh, so I decided to study philosophy mm-hmm. at university, mm-hmm. which I did for one year. I got my certificate, and I left the study because it it didn't really it wasn't like I expected expected it to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I studied cultural studies, which is like the combination of communication, media, philosophy, and mm-hmm. uh, art and literature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did my, I did my masters in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the university, being out of the small village where, which I grew up with, uh, grew, grew up in, uh, I met. I met some Muslims, mm-hmm. so I like a change of environment. Yeah, yeah. So which which village is that? Just asking. Wadingsveen. Where is that? Which is close to Gouda. Maybe you know the the good like the good cheese, yeah. the good cheese. Yeah, yeah. Dutch yeah. cheese. It's yeah. over there. Okay. Yeah. I I, I grew up you in Papendrecht. I was there from Papendrecht. It's not too far. <laughs> it's the same area with the, with with the grasslands and the cows and stuff. South like south of Holland, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Western, uh, like West, Western, yeah. Western, Western. Mm. And uh, so I went to the big cities, and uh, I got to know some Muslims. Mm. And there was a Muslim actually that I want. I wanted to convert them to atheism. You know, I, <laughs> you know, when you study philosophy, you yeah. think you have the the, the, ar- the rational arguments yeah. to uh, against all religions actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this person actually refused to debate with me mm. or discuss even I wanted to discuss this person said I, I'm not discussing my religion is clear mm. uh, I don't have any doubt about my religion <laughs> you're the one who has doubts, that has doubts. <laughs> which for a so-called philosopher is a, uh, a, a major <laughs> accusation yeah <laughs> But it like it triggered something in me to uh, to search more about Islam because oh, we studied Islamic philosophy, but not Islam. Oh, oh, Ibn, oh. Ibn Sina and those type yeah, of things. Yeah. So you thought to yourself, you thought to yourself, what makes this person so confident? Yeah, His confidence the, yeah. really got to you. Eh? And look, yeah. and look at how that confidence. Muslim refused to debate and it actually turned him to Islam. Allah, a lot of people go into debates for hours at a time, and that person still walks away with the same methodology. Yeah. This it person was, said it wasn't somebody of knowledge, so there was no purpose in debating. Yeah, yeah. Don't debate somebody <laughs> who has uh, is upon the way of the philosophers. Has Allah probably Allah. already has some arguments, and you don't have the arguments. Sahih, sahih. So if you, someone, so I think we take from this: if you if you're not someone who's knowledgeable, who's got knowledge, the best way you can give da'wah to someone is by saying I'm not going to debate with you mm-hmm. I mean one of the best ways because this is the effect they had first yeah. you'll protect yourself mm-hmm. and you'll also show, show the other person that you have this level of confidence in you not everybody wants the, wants the truth as well yeah. you know, this, mm-hmm. this, yeah. this no. just want to debate or dis- discuss Sahih. Um, but it made me go to the bookstore and buy a translation of the Quran and this is what year roughly this is 2000, uh, 2002, two, uh, 2001, something okay. like that. So I bought the, the translation of the Quran, not to know Islam, but to find contradictions and mistakes in the Quran <laughs> so I have something to debate about. Yeah, yeah. Something to discuss, to present the mistakes of the Quran to this person. Yeah. <laughs> which I couldn't find. 
<laughs> because the Quran is is in the book like it's a book. It is in book. It is not a book with a muqaddimah with a, with a, with a, uh, a prelude and then a, a, a explanation of arguments and then it's not like the Bible as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stories. Yeah. The Quran is something different. Completely different. Uh, so I I kept reading and kept thinking about it until I realized that I should acknowledge that I'm actually a part of creation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that there is a creator to this creation and I'm part of his creation mm-hmm. I'm a creature so you start learning about Tawheed as you're reading which, is, which is like Tawheed uh, what do you call it yeah, Tawheed or Rububiya yeah. or, or like going back to something which is actually already present in everybody yeah, the fitrah. that he knows mm-hmm. that he's created mm-hmm. and he knows he has a creator mm-hmm. but you know we were told that we're not created, that mm-hmm. nature creates us and mm-hmm. the, the evolution. So uh, it's like a like a, a way of returning to the thing uh, which is actually very logical. Yeah, yeah. And while reading, I felt more. Uh, it's actually I was reading reading the Quran like a, like a book of philosophy. Mm-hmm. It has arguments mm-hmm. and it has stories and it, mm-hmm. it 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 speaks to the heart and. So I, was, I I couldn't really find mistakes or something or something to de- to discuss or to debate about, and then. Um, how long did it take you to realize like I'm not going to find anything here? Like when you were doing your reading, how long was it like? Okay, and you just gave up and said, okay, I'm going to just go submit to this. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Don't but remember. was I mean roughly would it would you say you was reading for a few months or a for few, few weeks? Months, maybe, okay. A few months. Okay. Okay. Mutas. And then. Uh, Actually, one, uh, my mother, she became ill and uh, very ill. Mm. And when she was in the hospital, you see your mother weak mm. with all these these instruments. and, and this, mm-hmm. uh, That was actually the first moment, the first time I felt like I'm looking at, 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 at the human being in his weakest mm. uh, state. Mm. And that made me and the, and the and the doctors also said we don't have any solution we don't we don't know if she will survive or not so like given up mm. and then so that was actually the first moment that i i, I was like in the corner i uh, i prayed to to god i said mm. god if you really exist cure my mother mm. then i will follow your religion mm. and she got better Alhamdulillah. And I forgot about the whole thing, of course. You know, just like all the mushrikeen, when they're in times of hardship, they 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 have their their they're sincere in their in their prayers. But when when they're given what they actually asked for, they go back to their they go back to their old old ways. Because even at this point, you were still atheist when you said when you called on God. Sort of. I believe yeah. there was a God, but I, I didn't believe there was like, I wasn't yeah. like convinced there was a religion or what mm-hmm. should I, mm-hmm. what kind of God, what, mm-hmm. what should I. Yeah, so if you really, if you really dare, then cure my mother. Yeah, because mm-hmm. sometimes they say that if you're up there, like, it's like, well, I don't want to accept that you're there, but if you are, mm-hmm. <laughs> atheists, yeah. they do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was actually a sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the period after that, after that, I felt like I'm missing something. Mm. I was like looking for something. I felt very uncomfortable, very 
not depressed, but like I was looking for something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't find the, the the peace of mind that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So I thought, how can I get this peace of mind back? I called this uh, this friend, this Muslim friend, and I said, uh, teach me how how to pray, because mm-hmm. I saw the Muslims praying. They they make sujood. Teach mm-hmm. me how to pray. And this person said, uh, "No, I'm not teaching you anything." <laughs> like the second time, refusing <laughs> to help me. And said, please teach me. <laughs> I want to get peace of mind. He uh, he said, "You won't benefit anything." So uh, you won't feel anything direct, huh? From prayer, if you're upon kufr, upon disbelief. Mm. So I said, "I'm reading the Quran," which he didn't know. You read in the Quran? I said, yes. Do you believe in Allah? Yes. Teach me. Do you believe that Muhammad is the prophet of Allah? He said, yes, teach me. Come. He said, say, Ashhadu wa la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Say the shahadatain. To become Muslim first. So I said the shahadatain. And alhamdulillah, it was as the whole world even the, the room i was in was completely new mm. and i was like like forced to this this moment of of, of i thought you know all these things that happened it was like i was taken yeah, and it wasn't my own will it yeah. was just taken into this position to 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 say the shahada to oh, enter okay. islam everything oh, okay. led to to this point Be, i wasn't intending to become muslim but yeah. i did yeah yeah Alhamdulillah, Allah chose the this path for me, and I think that actually this is one of the, this is from the hikmah, the wisdom of Allah, mm. uh, because Allah, He chooses for everybody a different path, mm. just like some people are born in in a Muslim family, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's a way of hidayah, way of guidance. Mm-hmm. Alhamdulillah, wow. mm-hmm. He learned Islam from a young age, mm-hmm. or at least the, some basics, yeah. so already shown the, the way. Mm-hmm. And some people, not they have to find out later. Yeah, yeah. In different ways, mm-hmm. some people they become Muslim because of a, uh, a woman or a man or or a man. Some mm-hmm. people they become Muslim because they uh, they have been reading books. Some mm-hmm. people because of discussion. Some mm-hmm. people because trial tribulation. Trial tribulation. Some people yeah. Do, whatever. Yeah. And Allah Allah knows His creation. Mm. Wow. Allah has created me in a certain way, and He knows. What is the best way for me to become a Muslim? Allah he wanted Allah. me to become a Muslim. Alhamdulillah. Allah. So that's I, I I thought about it. Why did I go this way? Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who likes to debate, somebody who is maybe a little bit arrogant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the arrogance of the of the of what do you call it? These yeah, people with a lot of with, yeah debaters, philosophers, philosophers, debaters. Yeah. I didn't debate any Muslim before Islam. It's just uh, as if Allah said, if you want to debate, debate my my kalam, my speech, Allah in my Allah. book. Allah <laughs> Subhanallah. And, and I think, could, and you couldn't find any answer. For and that I couldn't really. find. Of course, of course, I couldn't. So Allah I think Allah. that actually was one of the is is actually the wisdom, and actually also is a. It's like a lesson as well, which I, uh, I apply as well with the people. You just you present Islam to them. Mm-hmm. You don't force them into Islam, mm-hmm. especially the ones that like to debate or have a lot of general knowledge or have, you know some people that have. You don't go. In, you don't need to debate, even if they want to debate. Mm-hmm. Say this is the Quran. Read it. Said I don't believe in the Quran. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Did you read it? Just read it as a book of philosophy or a book of history mm -hmm. or a book of mm -hmm. what? Just think about it. Mm -hmm. Then, and actually, I think that that works better than debating, because they're probably better than you in debating. Just let them read the Quran. So after you said the shahada in this situation, now your friend came and taught you how to pray, huh? No, he didn't actually. No, he didn't. I I remembered when I remembered the first time I started learning my religion. Actually, after becoming Islam, was when. I knew, of course, that I had to pray five times a day. Uh -huh. But I actually didn't really know the times. It just I found out some some times like that. Mm -hmm. So in the university, I went to the to the basement. Mm -hmm. They had this like three by three by four room like, mm -hmm. over there for for Muslims to pray. Mm -hmm. I I sneaked in, just made sure there was nobody around. Nobody seemed. Yeah. Nobody knew I was Muslim. Of course, uh -huh. I didn't look like a Muslim. Uh -huh. So I just I came in and just started. Like sit praying in my own way, because <laughs> I didn't really. I know. I know they, yeah, the Muslims. Yeah. They they do a rukur uh -huh. and they do the sujud. Yeah, yeah. So, sort of, I did something like that. But they didn't know that. The, so you the tried to do the bowing and the prostrating to, 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 to do something and yeah. I raise my hands and something like that. <laughs> so and then while I was doing that, two people came in, a Moroccan and a Somali guy, and they uh, they they made me the imam. They prayed behind me because <laughs> they thought I'm praying dhuhr. And then I heard behind me like, so when I finished, I looked around and they, they looked at me. I said, are you Muslim? I said, yes, I just became Muslim a couple of weeks ago. They said, they were very kind, actually. They said, come stand up, pray behind me. Mm -hmm. You know, one of them prayed, pray with us. Mm -hmm. So. They taught me actually how to pray. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And from that on, that time, Alhamdulillah, we had some lessons in the in the mosque, and they showed me uh, the mosques in the uh, in different cities and so on. Mm -hmm. Alhamdulillah. So that that was actually uh, <coughs> Jameen, Jameen. the way I became Muslim. Beautiful, beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Jazakallah khair. This is my first time. I, I've known you for over 10 years. I never heard this story. Jazakallah khair. I don't really like to tell these stories. Yeah, yeah. Jazakallah khair. Very beneficial. So, so now um, you became Muslim 2002. And what happens then? So now you're attending, I'm guessing, the masajid around and you're starting to study a little bit. And then you go to the jam you're like, what is that, seven years later, right? So between that yeah, time, so, what made so you I, need I, to get to the First of all, I, I, I finished my studies in Holland. Mm-hmm. And I choose to talk. Uh, one of the, the topic for my my master thesis in Holland was actually I, because I made, became Muslim. I made it I, like adjusted it to my my religion. Mm -hmm. uh, it was about Islamic media because mm -hmm. um, I'm like specialized in propaganda. Actually, mm -hmm. that's my my field. Mm -hmm. So Islamic propagation mm -hmm. through media, mm -hmm. which was the, just be, there wasn't the YouTube and and, and Facebook, but before that, mm -hmm. on da'wah uh, basically. On da'wah, yeah. And you based it the Islamic media for what? Off of a certain country, a certain. Yeah, I went for for a case study. I went to Indonesia. I got mm. the opportunity to go to Indonesia. Mm. So I learned uh, the basic. I learned the language as well mm. uh, for Shalom. that for the research. Mm -hmm. And I spent about two times three months, like like six months over mm. there mm -hmm. for field. Field study. Uh, field study, mm -hmm. and then I wrote my thesis. And because of this thesis uh, and my experience in Indonesia and Indonesian media, 
after after I graduated, I I was assigned for a Dutch uh, international radio, mm. Dutch world radio, what you call it? Wow. international radio for for a period of three months to go to Indonesia. Mm. Um, so like hosting on that program? No, I wasn't. I was like a researcher. Oh, and, okay. And, uh, things Be- like that. Beautiful, beautiful. So spending time in Indonesia, mm-hmm. in a Muslim country, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I got married over there as well, Inshallah. and then um, went back to Holland. I, I actually I, I tried to get a PhD, mm-hmm. but with this specialization wasn't available. Mm-hmm. I had to go abroad to uni- to the US or to which I couldn't afford. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to go to Indonesia mm-hmm. to settle over there, and. Alhamdulillah, close to our house, there was a uh, Mahat, an Islamic institute, mm-hmm. in which they had, you know, in the in their mosque, they had lessons from after Salat al-Fajr mm-hmm. in the morning until like ten o'clock at night. It's wow. like almost there were students that were ever actually living in the masjid. Wow! And anybody who wanted to attend the same program can just attend the same program. And all of these lessons, they were in the Indonesian language. They were in Indonesian with with Arabic books. Okay. So and they were teaching Arabic as well. So okay. I started with them, mm. and uh, which made me want to learn more about Islam. Actually, Mashallah. was any and of these teachers were they from graduates from the universities or anything? University of of Saudi Arabia of, of Medina. Mashallah. And some of them, they were uh, they had spent time in Yemen. Mashallah. Um, so I want I wanted to 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 study a little bit more. Beautiful. And uh, I was able to to go to Saudi Arabia for for Umrah mm-hmm. and uh, visit to Riyadh, mm. in which I uh, I met the Mufti of Saudi Arabia, Sheikh Abdul Aziz Al Sheikh Abdullah. Um, and uh, I requested actually from him a. Uh, Recommendation to study in one of the universities in Saudi Arabia, Allah uh, which he gave to me. Alhamdulillah, Allah because I I've been trying to get into university like Jamia Islamia in, in Medina for for a long time. I had sent like like maybe ten times. I sent my my application. It's three times more than me. <laughs> since since I became Muslim, actually, so I had already trying was trying for about five years mm. until I was about twenty seven. So I didn't Allah think Allah. I would get accepted anymore. Uh, we just continue studying with with some of the du'at mm-hmm. and some of the mashaykh. So when you came and got the uh, the recommendation, yeah. your kabul came what next year, huh? The the year after, the, yeah. It actually took some time. Actually, uh-huh, uh-huh. I didn't. Alhamdulillah, I was in Jamat al Imam. He sent it to Jamat al Imam Muhammad al Saud in Riyadh. And Alhamdulillah, that was 2008. MashaAllah, that's now, now it's 2023, and I'm, I just did my master's. MashaAllah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Allah Akbar. So when you came, um, did you study any Arabic there in Indonesia? Or were you... When you came I, here, you start, I, started, I started with Arabic over there. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. So when you came to the Mahad here, did you start from level one? Or you, yeah. You started from level one as yeah. well? MashaAllah. Mashallah. I couldn't speak a word. Okay, but you knew some of the Kawaii or principles? Yeah, yeah. I could, yeah. Jameen. And the, the Mahad when I time was three years, right? Same as us when we first came in. It was three in. years. Yeah, the diploma year plus the two. Yeah. Mumtaz. So uh, I didn't complete the di- diploma. I went back to my my family. Yeah, yeah, because it was optional, right? You can either go to the diploma, which is the third year for the. Oh, no, actually, I, 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 there was an issue, I, so uh, I just went back and they. 
Jamin, Jamin, Jamin. So uh, after that, after the Mahad years, you went into Asuladin. Yeah. Um, during your time in Asuladin, which for the people listening, this is like, Asuladin is like the fundamental principles of Islam. So you study Quran, Hadith, Tafsir, or uh, Tafsir, Hadith, and Aqidah, generally speaking. Did you guys have the ability to pick a Tachasus or no? No. Like a major? No. Okay. We got all the, which was like the old uh, curriculum. Yeah. We got we got the creed, aqidah. Mm-hmm. We got uh, sunnah. We mm-hmm. got tafsir. Mm-hmm. We even got uh, some of the qiraat, mm-hmm. uh, ilm al isnat, mm-hmm. ilm al adyan, comparative comparative religion. Mm-hmm. We uh, those type of things. We got all of it actually. A mix of uh, every a little bit everything. It. Yeah. Yeah, but probably a little, a little bit more emphasis though on like the aqidah mawat, right? The aqidah subjects or no. No, no, it was pretty. Oh, it was equal. all the same. Yeah. Okay, mashallah. Jameen, Jameen. So then after that, you went and you did your tachasas in, in, in masters and aqidah. And yeah. you just finished your risala a few days ago. You did your munakasha, your dissertation. Yes. Uh, tell us about the topic. The topic was Jahud al Hafith ibn Kathir, right? Fi dirasat al adyan. So the. How would you say that? How would you translate that, Muhammad? Which you can translate that studying religion. Stud- religious studies, right? Religious studies, on, which you sometimes call nowadays comparative religion studies. Yes, exactly. Yes, those 100%. type of things. It's all connected about. Yes. It's connect, connected with different religions. Other there are other religions than Islam. Mumtaz, perfect. So what what was his what are his efforts in doing this? In doing this, from different angles, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in uh, studying their their history. Mm-hmm. Uh, their major principles, mm-hmm. their sources, mm-hmm. and how to uh, and refute and refute them as well. Yeah, and uh, that's a topic because Ibn Kathir is a uh, known mufassir, uh, explainer, of the explainer Quran. of the Quran. Mm-hmm. He has a famous explanation of the Quran, mm-hmm. Tafsir Al Quran Al Azim. One of the most one of the most famous tafsir uh, mm-hmm. of the Quran. What made you pick this topic? And he has a, another book, which is also very, uh, very well known, mm-hmm. which the, he called Al Bidayah Wa Nihayah, the beginning and the end, mm-hmm. which he starts from the beginning, the mm-hmm. creation, yeah. to the end, mm-hmm. which the end, which will be uh, paradise no. and hellfire. Mm-hmm. So he, it's like a, a book of history, starting with, with the the, the creation of, the, of the, of creation, mm-hmm. the beginning of creation, the creation of men, mm-hmm. the angels, etc., and the the prophets. Mm-hmm. So what is it called? And then the history and the and the, and the biographies, biographies and the stories of the prophets, mm-hmm. and then the biography, the seerah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and then. Uh, his companions mm-hmm. and what came after that until until his time mm-hmm. until he died mm-hmm. or actually a couple of years before he died he stopped because he became blind at the end of his life and then there were two there are two volumes about uh, about the coming of the hour mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so everything was the signs of the of the coming of the last day mm-hmm. until when people enter Jannah mm-hmm. or Nar. Entering mm. of paradise and entering. So he struck. He struck. Depends on the on, yeah, the, on the on the print, but the print that I have, uh, uh, twenty-two volumes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he's famous for that. He's famous for his seerah. You know, from that book, there is the Qasus al-Anbiya. Yeah. 
the stories of the prophets which is uh, published separ separately usually mm -hmm. as well which i can recommend for every muslim mm -hmm. you must have at home and also uh, the seer of the prophet uh, he was a muhaddith, yeah, and he was a person who was very strong in the knowledge of he hadith. He was uh, in the in, he was strong in the, in the knowledge of hadith, mm -hmm. and um, he was actually also a mufti, mm -hmm. strong in the of the madhab of Imam Shafi'i, mm -hmm. and uh, he has several books. So he has books in in tafsir. He has a book in uh, in fiqh. He has some books in uh, hadith mm -hmm. and books in history and actually all of these are connected mm -hmm. these are all connected so i i read all of these books mm -hmm. and uh, when he spoke about uh, religions or he mentioned some uh, some uh, uh, a hadith about religions i i studied these and i structured mm -hmm. these well, alhamdulillah mm -hmm. and uh, after that i tried to distill his methodology his approach mm -hmm. towards studying religions, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's actually the, it's just the, the risala. Maybe it's, you can yeah, see yeah, it yeah, over here. These are two volumes, which is not normal for Magister to be two volumes, right? Oh. This is a bit extra, huh? You can hold it in your hands. I'll put this one here. So two volumes, Alhamdulillah. And you had to print how many of these? How many of these copies to give to like your mushrif and? One copy for myself, one for my uh, supervisor, and uh, two copies for for my defense. Mashallah. So, what made you pick this topic on half of the Kathir? I was studying Tafsir of Kathir a lot, which I liked a lot. So, I thought I can maybe get a get a topic connected with this. Jamie. And a topic which benefits me as well for the future. In calling to Islam, mm -hmm. so a topic which is connected with the, with religions mm -hmm. actually, but and and I studied it in a way of the yeah, um, the way of some of one of the the scholars in the past. Yeah, how did he approach this? Yeah, so I'm I'm benefiting into getting to know these religions mm -hmm. and how to refute them or how to get to know the things that I need for for da'wah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I benefit from reading the Quran and the Tafsir mm -hmm. because the, his Tafsir is known. Reading in, in Islamic history, which is I recommend to everybody to mm -hmm. read in Islamic history, no. to see everything in in context and perspective. Yes, and uh, because uh, Imam Kathir was also muhaddith, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, you said you're reading a lot of uh, narrations, <coughs> narrations of the of the Salaf as well. Mm -hmm. Um, did you have to like uh, read all as part of your manhajiyah? Did you have to read like all of his books? I I made that a uh, condition upon myself that I I read all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of that course, so, of course, benefit. certain chapters I d I didn't read. I just skipped them. Skim just like what you call it, just uh, flipping the pages. Yeah, skim through because, it because I know I know what's in it. Mm -hmm. No, just like scanning the pages mm -hmm. if there's something beneficial. Because sometimes you find something in places you don't expect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was that, the, that that happened actually? Uh, what, were, what were the main books that you used for your your thesis? Like I'm sure you used you went through all of them, right? But what were the main ones that you you really found his minhaj in his way in dealing with Adyan, dealing with different religions, comparative religious studies? Which are the, the his tafsir, mm -hmm. tafsir al Quran al Adim, mm -hmm. 
uh, his book Abidai Wanihaya, mm-hmm. which includes the seer of the Prophet Sallallahu and the, the stories of the uh, the, pro- the prophets. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a small book uh, called Al-Fusul Fi Sirat Al-Rasul, which is uh, a short seerah actually, mm-hmm. short biography of the Prophet Sallallahu which is very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about just no problem, it's about 250 pages, Jimmy, Jimmy. which is a summarized version. Mm. So those are the major things, Mom but I, f- I found some other things in other places, even the books of, of uh, hadith and books of fiqh. Actually, mm-hmm. he mentioned certain things. Actually, uh, I think, subhanAllah, um, if you look at the Quran, mm-hmm. generally speaking, a lot of people don't realize, but the Quran. When you read Surah Al-Fatiha, and it talks about إِهْدِنُ الصِّرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ عَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ غِيرْ مَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الضَّالِينَ It's asking Allah to, to guide you to the straight path, mm-hmm. not the path of those الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الضَّالِينَ Who are the Jews and the Christians. Mm-hmm. You find that, subhanAllah, right from the start of the Qur'an, Surah Al-Baqarah, Ala Imran, Nisa, Ma'idah, that's where you'll find most of the refutations against the Jews and the Christians and, and their way, subhanAllah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, for a new Muslim, when they open the Quran, and they start from Surah Al-Fatiha, it's like, right, yani, you jump right into at, it. Right into it, yani, subhanAllah. <laughs> Starting yeah. with the Jews and then the Christians. So, so. subhanAllah, it's, uh, it's that's, like, that's, like the uh, brothers mentioned, that definitely a great source mm-hmm. of, for this topic. Yani, so. the that's, a, that's a great source, actually, and it's because uh, tafsir is, is connected with the Quran. No. And the Quran is one of the major sources for studying religions mm-hmm. and the most uh correct and authentic source actually is kalam allah yeah. and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he tells about in the quran about the stories of the prophets mm-hmm. and their people mm-hmm. and he refutes their uh, their their creeds and their mistakes as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. so uh you'll, you'll find in the quran in a in a in a in a way which you would you don't expect actually, Sahih. and especially when you read the tafsir, a mufassir he will explain it to you, mm-hmm. and that's uh, very beneficial. But uh, so that's the way actually when you talk about methodology, uh, when uh, speak also you know, when speaking about Christianity, for example, or about the Jewish religion, or about the religion of the Arabs before Islam as well, mm-hmm. or the religion of the of the the Sabi, I was in the Sabi, Sabians, and other religions, mm-hmm. and the refutation upon the Shua. Actually, the usul, the, the fundaments, and the origins are already there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the best arguments. Mm-hmm. And some people forget that. You Sorry. see some books speak about religion or refutation upon the Christians, for example, or when they debate a, let's say, a Christian, mm-hmm. they hardly go back to the Quran. Well, actually, the Quran, they say the Quran. This, why should I go back to the Quran? Well, these people don't believe in Quran. Don't believe in the Quran. The, mm-hmm. For them, it's not a uh, it's acceptable acceptable source. Mm-hmm. It's, it's true, but, but but Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, He ordered His Prophet Sallallahu to read His Quran to who? Disbelievers. Not to Muslims. Mm-hmm. In the first place, mm-hmm. to the disbelievers of mm-hmm. different religions. Mm-hmm. There were among them. There were pagans. Mm-hmm. There were philosophers, there were Christians, there were Jews. Mm-hmm. 
So this is kalam Allah, the speech of Allah, which fits all, all of that. It's amazing. Point, and yeah. in the best way. Yeah, yeah. And same can be said about the hadith of the Prophet If you really pound upon the hadith, you can use this uh, in in your da'wah. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of the ulama from the past, they actually used to do this, actually. Mm -hmm. And Ibn Kathir, for example, he followed also uh, his sheikh, mm -hmm. his teacher, Ibn Taymiyyah, in mm -hmm. a lot of these things, actually. Mm -hmm. So not only focus about our rational arguments, rational, what they call rational, the arguments of the philosophers, actually, mm -hmm. but also bring the textual, textual arguments from the Quran, mm -hmm. for example which also contain rational arguments, Sahih. which contain the stories of the prophets, which the Christians and the Jews already know, mm -hmm. which m makes them, uh, you correcting their beliefs about the, about their prophets, actually, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which, yeah. which calls them back to the religion of their prophet, the original religion Allah of their prophets. Allah. And, that's the, and then uh, in that way, you can call them to, to Islam. So mm -hmm. if you give somebody the translation of the Quran mm -hmm. and and tell him to read it, mm -hmm. that's already a, a very beneficial way in da'wah. Allah Akbar. So I'm guessing this is something that you came to, like for the viewers and listeners who <clears throat> maybe not familiar with uh, academic words, you come with the, at the end, khulasa, uh, yani the final argument in which you derived your takeaways, yeah. your takeaways yeah. from your study so i'm guessing you mentioned this like is that he yani based his arguments yeah his i mentioned actually i answer. actually the major thing that he has he follows a a certain methodology which uh which can be named the salafi methodology mm -hmm. based upon the quran and based upon the sunnah and the way uh, of the salaf uh, in comparative religion studies Allah Allah. <laughs> and, and this is not only just a saying i said or or a claim that he's mm -hmm. upon salafia without uh knowing what salafi actually i i mentioned uh in detail what's actually what he did he do and is there a premises in the quran or in the sunnah for that mm -hmm. or uh, from the ulama mm -hmm. and who did he follow for example he oh, followed oh. ibn qayyim he followed ibn Timiyah, mm -hmm. which have a uh um, a methodology which is close to what he followed mm -hmm. The only difference is, is that he doesn't have a book directed to the Christians, for example, mm -hmm. or to the Jews, mm -hmm. or about religion. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. But he put he used this knowledge in his uh, in his tafsir and in, mm -hmm. in his he, he put it between the lines. Like yeah, that. Yeah. But it actually, could be compiled into a book if somebody yeah, actually did which that. which actually I did. Yeah. <laughs> but. Of course, because of he followed this, he doesn't have a certain book. Of course, he sometimes uh, he goes, you know, in different directions mm -hmm. and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So, uh, which shows the importance of this topic. Yeah, I'm sure does. they they seen this topic was a class. This we get this needs to be done. Alhamdulillah. Allah Alhamdulillah. So, do you plan on translating it and either into Holland language or English language? Because I know Sheikh Ismail Kutba. I listened to your dissertation. He was suggesting this that you put it into a book form. Yeah. He didn't say translating, but I would assume that you would also put it in no, inshallah, language, I mean, English language. If, if you put it into a book form, inshallah, Abdul Hamid will translate it. Inshallah. Or we'll, we'll inshallah try, we'll aid in translating it to English. Definitely. Inshallah. Inshallah. inshallah we'll try to publish something. Inshallah. And maybe i use certain parts of it. Yeah, yeah. Break yeah, yeah. As a, yeah. a break, a break it a break, a break apart is some certain things and then yeah. uh, like rewrite it mm -hmm. or use it as a, uh, as a, as a, as a, 
as a base for uh, what you call as a um, you know for for a maybe in an, another topic like yeah. I just break you, some some parts apart and then I add certain you things. You could even make it into separate books. I mean, do the yeah, abwab regarding the Yehud, abwab regarding the Nasara, for the example, Christians, or just like what they call asbab shirk, for example. Exactly the ways of shirk or the reasons of shirk. Um, usul shirk. Yeah. The fundamentals of shirk. Yeah. Which. Yeah, Which he, those, I think, I think that he recommended that you did take that and put it into a separate fusul. I think that was Sheikh Abdullah Sunni. Yeah, this, that, right? the second chapter of my uh, my thesis actually to be separate. Yeah, yeah. as a separate uh, study or separate yeah, book yeah, actually. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, uh, exactly. Also, actually, um, you made you made a very very important point, Subhanallah, which is that when it comes to calling non-Muslims to Islam or you know, talking about comparative religion, having this what they call interfaith dialogue. Mm. Yes, it has to be in accordance with the Quran. And I think this this goes back to a lot of the ignorance out there. Because a lot of people out there on YouTube this day and age, they're on the streets calling the people to Islam and these sort. And you have obviously before that you have the uh, you know the Ahmadi that approach. Yes, which is attack, 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 contradiction, contradiction, contradiction. Your Bible, which um, I think. It's really important that anyone who wants to call to Islam and put himself in the limelight or or if you like uh, debate other religions that he makes the Quran and the arguments in the Quran a basis for, for where he comes from because I mean we, we can't obviously get this across in the podcast like in Wallahi the Quran like like we've mentioned from Surah Al-Baqarah just only up to Surah Al-Ma'idah okay from Baqarah to Surah Al-Ma'idah only Mm. Amount of arguments against the Jews and the Christians, which are arguments, logical arguments, uh, historical arguments, mm. even arguments like one of the, the most compelling ones. Allah says, mm. You know that. Let's let's agree on one thing. It, this is actually um, a very important um, subject that we had in the Kuli as well. Did you have it as well? Which is al mantiq wal jadil wal manadara. Or Jadil Nadar. Did you guys have this as well? When you were studying in the Kulia? No, we didn't. Which is like argumentation and debating or whatever case may be. It was connected with Mantiq. Uh, they put it together. But it was very beneficial because it explained and put emphasis exactly on what you're talking about, Muhammad Ali, yeah. Which is showing the different ways, the Turuq of Jadil and the Turuq yeah. of Munadara and how to go about it This in the Quran. No, itself no. and how to put this for us so it was very interesting no. I mean okay, like I said this topic if we open it I no, it's, vast. it's not, it's it's not going to finish yeah. let's, let's leave it there but Jazakallah yeah. khair yeah. Yeah. may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put benefit to the work that you've done and inshallah ta'ala hopefully it'll come it'll be published and people mm. will be able to benefit from it and not just the awam yani. the mm. point I'm trying to make is not just that the general folk have to benefit mm. from this hopefully students of students of knowledge and and du'at who want to Call the people to Islam. Hopefully, it will be a resource for them to learn from. Sheikh Muhammad, which actually one of the what they call a munaqish, one of the professors that did the was actually yeah, yeah. criticizing me. He he elaborated upon the importance of al manhaj, what they call a manhaj. Mm -hmm. Some people understand manhaj very narrow, but yeah. manhaj is methodology. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which so, I think he recommended that you change the name, right? He was saying this is more better to be a minhaj versus dirasa, huh? Yeah, but the the minhaj is actually that when somebody is doing something, mm -hmm. either it is in 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 a certain field mm -hmm. 
or in 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 da'wah or certain certain that he follows a manhaj mm -hmm. exactly and th this manhaj was his methodology Ex exactly. and this methodology is a path exactly because in arabic it means path is a path that you follow and this path has uh general principles and certain character characteristics mm -hmm. that you follow mm -hmm. and uh when somebody so so when somebody follows a path follows mm -hmm. a methodology mm -hmm. he should know in detail which principles he should follow so not just claiming i i follow a certain manhaj yeah but also uh when dealing with manhaj or looking or uh, uh like speaking about a manhaj of a certain person mm -hmm. go into detail mm -hmm. know what you're talking about mm -hmm. and follow and try to follow that Allah. And also, you can see sometimes also some some flaws or so some shortcomings mm -hmm. in a certain certain way of dealing with things. Mm -hmm. But the, somebody uh, you in in like you have in in comparative religion studies, there should be awareness of a manhaj. You should follow a manhaj. The manhaj mm -hmm. is Salafi. Yeah. Yes. Hundred percent. No. The Salafi methodology. The same thing with fiqh. There is manhaj Salafi in fiqh. Mm -hmm. Methodology. No. Mm -hmm. What was the manage of the the methodology of the Salaf in fiqh? Mm -hmm. How no. did they do? What are their ma major principles that they followed? Oh, what What are the speci specific characteristics that they that they used to to have? Amazing. In yeah. dealing with problems. So that's with with, with comparative religion in aqidah, of course, before uh, everything, mm -hmm. in fiqh, in hadith, mm -hmm. in everything, mm -hmm. in conduct, in akhlaq. So that that's something, and it's not just a claim. Yeah, it's it's that manhaj of the salaf. It's something that literally encompasses and touches on all, all everything in our life. lives. All aspects, yes. No. Because it's 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 the Islam. Yeah, of course. No. And the exactly. Islam is is shamil. No. Encompasses. Yeah. Encompasses everything. Yeah, yeah. And there's a certain way, in uh, in certain general principles and guidelines. To deal with things or to how to uh, to see things in a certain perspective mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which are is given to us by Al by the islam and Allah islam Allah. is the way of the salaf is the sunnah Allah. Allah. islam who was sunnah was sunnah here islam, islam. No. No. and i think that's actually very important when uh, uh when studying religion that mm. somebody pays uh, attention to what they call al manhaj yeah the methodology which methodology and methodologies that you choose and what which things are actually allowed and not allowed which exactly. things have priority don't have priority yeah. which which things you might be able to choose between mm. yeah. depending upon the situation is it something narrow or something broad yes yeah, yeah. Yeah. so these type of things and, uh, and to know them in details yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a beautiful point Allah, yeah, uh, one, one last question I got kind of connected to your studies here before we shift into some of the Q&A that we got. I've got a question from last as well Mumtaz, if you allow us. The, the, no. first, the, the one thing I wanted to bring up was about you studying at Jamia, you came here, studied in Amai, studied in BA, you did your magisterial, now you're finished. But there's one thing that I think is very uh, unique to you, which is that when, you, from what I know at least, you're probably – from the students of the West, the one who sat with Sheikh Fazan the longest. Oh, that was my question. You gave me <laughs> so, no. so, you know, uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept that from you. Um, what are some takeaways you would say in these years of you being here, which is about, what, 12 years, 13 years? Or longer, actually. No, because mm -hmm. I've been here for 10. 
11, 15 I mean, that's so the first place yeah, I've 15, seen you. Yeah. 15, year, Shifzala, 15 years. 15 years. Perfect. So in that time, from what I know, at least, you were there for probably most of the rules. What are some takeaways that you took away from Sheikh Fawzan? And you even work with the website and recording mm-hmm. and things like that. I know you probably wouldn't like for me to re- mention these things, but I just want to give the viewers some, some understanding of the question in which I'm asking you because you would have knowledge on this. So what are some takeaways you took from Sheikh Fawzan in these years of studying with him? You know, Sheikh Saleh Fawzan, Hafidullah, he's one of the, the known great scholars of Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And he's a student of major scholars. And he's somebody who spent his life teaching. Mm-hmm. And he's been teaching for, for a very, very long time, since he was young, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, the Sheikh is very consistent in his views mm-hmm. doesn't mean that he do- never changes his point of view mm-hmm. but he's very consistent in the way he deals with things mm-hmm. and he doesn't speak about something before uh, uh, before he's convinced of his answer mm-hmm. and the sheikh is like a murabbi uh, what do you call it in Arabic murabbi educator. Yeah. educator he's like he's like like your parent yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes he's 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 harsh mm-hmm. because you need it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's kind because you need it. Sometimes he gives you a general answer because your your question uh, was about something that doesn't benefit you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he gives a very specific answer, which uh, because the general answer answer could be understood very or could be understood in a certain certain uh, way. Certain yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the sheikh is so he he has a lot of lessons first of all he's, you know his his life is just only teaching mm-hmm. and he's very careful in his uh in the things that he says actually mm-hmm. very careful and that's something that that yeah i hope we learn from from him yeah yeah in in the way that we're you know in our lives as a muslim mm-hmm. because somebody needs needs a murabbi needs an educator 100%. Especially if you're you're born in a non-Muslim family, in a non-Muslim non-Muslim country, Allah. you need somebody, uh, as if it's your your father that raises you like like you were a newborn. Hundred percent. Because we have like we have to, yeah, we were raised in a certain way, mm. we're thinking in a certain way, mm-hmm. and when you become a Muslim, it's not always easy to change this, mm-hmm. and uh, it needs time, and you need a a sheikh, a murabbi. Mm. That will take you uh, on that way, Allah. and one of the things that I learned, and not specifically from the Sheikh, but uh, by sitting with Sheikh Al Fawzan, is that uh, you just should just listen first before you speak or or question or just listen. Maybe you get the answer tomorrow. Maybe you understand after one year, two years, three years, then you suddenly understand why he said this and that in a certain way certain yeah, way sahih. and uh, so it needs time for you to understand mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you're also you did developing that's you're actually, growing you are growing yeah. you're growing and that's the that's the the, the thing about it. these great scholars they it's like they, they're giving you water you're the plant and they're just giving you water so you mm-hmm. grow slowly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not there's no rush sahih. there's no rush and Sheikh Fawzan especially he focuses upon the, the 
the, the major things that a Muslim needs to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that not every Muslim needs to know. Mm-hmm. Some difference opinion, some certain uh, issues which don't always happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. These things are for, you shouldn't pay too much attention to it, mm-hmm. especially at first. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a very beneficial way. Yeah, yeah. So, Alhamdulillah. And, and I, I still benefit from the Sheikh. Alhamdulillah. So, something you mentioned there is very like interesting with Sheikh Fazl. Like you said, sometimes you just need to listen. Like you might not get your answer right then and there. And he also answers things different ways. Sometimes more general. Sometimes more specific. How many times, like sitting with Sheikh Fazl, like you see it literally, like where he says something in one way, you come. Two months later, he answers in a completely more specific or a different angle because, you, like you said, he's a murabbi. So he's looking at what the people need at that particular situation, that particular junction. I think that's very important, subhanAllah. And, and, and one thing that, subhanAllah, the Sheikh always focuses on, inshallah, you can elaborate on that, is when when he's asked about books and stuff, he always focuses on and says, do not take from books, take from a Sheikh. Or sometimes so, someone will ask him, Sheikh, which book should I start with in Aqid? And he says something like, Start with the book that your teacher teaches yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That, that perspective, yeah, I mean, subhanAllah, Allah it's... Allah. Uh, That's what I call a murabbi, yeah. educator. Yeah, yeah. And of course, in his lessons, there are people that are far advanced. Yeah. And people that are just studying. And there are people that, that only come to the lesson just to benefit from the atmosphere. They just like mm. to sit there. So, yeah. so he gives the answer based upon what benefits everybody. No. Mm. And... Um, you need a teacher to take you, to take you somewhere. Sahih. Not just reading the books. The books are beneficial, but the way you read the books, which books are you reading? Mm. How are you are, are you reading them? Uh, in which order are you reading them? Mm. Some books you just repeat over and over again. Yeah. And if you if you master these books, you yourself can go to another book. Mm. You yourself can read a more difficult book because your your uh, your basics are are there. Mm-hmm. So you understand it in the correct way. And if there is something that you have a question about, you know how to deal with it mm-hmm. without judging immediately. Oh, this is a mistake or mm-hmm. this is a problem or uh, either you ask it to a sheikh mm-hmm. or you know how to where to find the answer mm-hmm. or the minimal thing is you know how to deal with it. This is something what, what maybe the mutashabih, yeah. mushkil, yeah, yeah. something which is uh, ambiguous, um, yeah, ambiguous, ambiguous, not clear mm-hmm. or not clear for me. Mm-hmm. So I stop over here and I don't make it a problem for myself. Sahih. And I think that's very important because if you st- stop at every every question mark, mm-hmm. you will never you'll learn your religion. Mm-hmm. You get distracted. And that's what shaitan wants actually from us. Mm-hmm. When, of a student of knowledge. Sahih. That you go left and right. Yeah. You busy yourself with things which are actually, you shouldn't busy yourself with. Sahih. Sahih. And shaitan knows which direction he needs to, uh, he needs to go with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already showed us the direction. So we just try to follow the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, by studying with these mashaykh, not only for Zah, mm-hmm. others as well. Jazakallah khair. Did you have a follow-up question on that, Muhammad, before you move on? No, no, you beat me to the question. <laughs> <laughs> Allah, ya fadik. Tayyib, uh, what would be some advice that you would give? This is a question I wrote down. What would advice you would give to a new student looking to come study here? Like someone... You know, like Disney you coming from the West, they would like to come study. What's some advice you would give to them starting out fresh? Just take it easy. Just dive into it. Mm-hmm. Don't rush. Mm-hmm. And take what your teacher is teaching you. Mom tells. Jimmy. Then that's it. 
don't don't get in just take what your teachers give you mm-hmm. and follow that path and don't look at at at, at others mm-hmm. just look at what you need jimmy jimmy your level and that's that's something important don't don't look at the others too much jimmy regarding the book uh would you say that that book is okay for the general public public to read and it's a uh, actually you can read it yeah okay perfect it's a little bit long actually mm-hmm. uh, like but, but I, 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 I advised the, the first uh, the first part of it mm-hmm. which is published separately as well mm-hmm. yeah, the, the stories of the of the prophets uh, the biography of the Prophet ﷺ, and also the last part, which yeah. is the Nihaya. Nihaya is also uh, published separately. I think translated in many languages as well. Yeah. So, uh, but the easier book is Fusul uh, Fisirat Rasul. I think that it was given out for free, right, from the Wizara. I think small book, read. It's like you said, two hundred some pages. I don't know. They're, they're, they're different. Uh, Prints actually yeah. in different, you know, we read it in a different way. You know, yeah, students, yeah, we're looking for different qualities of a certain print, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just because it's you know, we're looking at certain different, different details, but uh, yeah, it's advisable. Yeah, Jameen, just moving on to um, our final segment of today, which was a question that was sent in actually on email. Um, and it was regarding, I'll just read the question to you guys, I'll put it up on the screen so you guys can see it as well. Uh, it says, I would appreciate some advice concerning free mixing. You may answer here or on email or by podcast. Free mixing is a great trial generally, but especially for us living in the West, this relates to some discussions you've had around hijra, but also feminism as li- likewise. My situation is that I mostly avoid at least physical free mixing by working mostly at home, but still situations arise every now and then uh, where a non-mahram woman sticks out her hand to and you know wants to embrace him with a handshake. And due to weakness of religion, he says that he sometimes falls into it. Generally speaking, because it's a long question, generally speaking, he's asking about how to deal with the situation of handshaking, um, free mixing in the West. Is there any type of advice? And I'm going to leave that to you, brothers, inshallah ta'ala. <laughs> One of you guys. I'll give a general advice. Maybe Muhammad can, can give a more detailed advice. Mm-hmm. First, of, first of all, be upon the Clarity. Mm-hmm. Be clear. Mm-hmm. I'm a Muslim. This is for me haram. Mm-hmm. Secondly, be have respect for the person. Be a res- yeah. you know, respect. Uh, have respect to the person. So you're in a, in a way you're not harsh or treating them in a bad way. So mm-hmm. you be a, you're upon clarity, and you treat them with with respect. And. Uh, yeah, it, just try to fear Allah as much as you can, mm. and ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to give you a way out and to give you uh, thabat to make you st- steadfast upon your religion. And Inshallah, Allah will give a way out and mm-hmm. make you stronger as well. Mm-hmm. And when the people know this from you and that you you treat them in a respectable matter, ma- manner as well, mm-hmm. and you're not doing it out of uh, sort of harshness or you're not looking down upon women or something. In general, in general, inshallah, they will respect this. They will, they will adapt to you. No. And uh, it maybe takes some time. Yeah. It takes some mm-hmm. some patience, and maybe for at first it will be difficult. Sometimes you 
have a lot of uh, what do you call it? you make some a lot of mistakes mm. but inshallah it will be will be easier yeah. inshallah no. later on so no. be be clear to the people no. that this is something that you don't want to do mm-hmm. no. make clear to them that this is something you're not want to do islamically speaking it's not islamically you my, don't my religion doesn't allow allow this yeah of course no. you can explain to some people that what the interaction between a man and a woman can lead to other things you mm. know these issues of nowadays course. with yeah. with harassment or me too uh, discussions mm. and of course there is there is but as a muslim you know we allah said allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the no. don't come near to zina no so when allah forbids something he also forbids the wasail the things yeah. that can lead to that thing to that thing mm-hmm. which is of course a, uh, a free mixing and a physical interaction between men and women uh, for people that which are not direct family or uh, spouse Sahih. which can lead to things that sometimes unexpectedly mm-hmm. uh, can be wrongly interpreted yes or can be abused mm-hmm. uh, or shaitan comes mm-hmm. to somebody and makes it look very beautiful and thinks it's something yes he starts with with, with something small and then it, it will grow and then you cannot get out of it Sahih. and to avoid that uh, alhamdulillah islam has given the solution for alhamdulillah. but be clear this no. is my religion no. and yeah. have patience upon that subhanallah which, which is actually what the caused the whole me too movement anyway because of the fact that like you've mentioned islam everything is clear but when you know you have these kind of environments free mixing and physical interaction between it leads to you know misunderstandings yes. so even even the disbelievers themselves it led to situations whereby you know the the man amongst those that are not even muslim it leads to a situation whereby the man maybe uh, shakes her hand or whatever and it leads to things that are misunderstandings and then he he misinterprets that and then she thinks that he's in, and it leads lead that led to a whole movement basically so yeah. that's Which pretty much means if he did cut off at the neck it that would have happened none of that would have happened mm. Um, but subhanAllah from an Islamic perspective uh, Allah musta'an of course ikhtilat is something that is, is, is not permissible free mixing yeah. free mixing is something that's not permissible for the reasons that uh, Sheikh Ahmed mentioned which is that it leads to that which is bigger than it mm-hmm. and I just want you know the, the brothers and sisters should contemplate on this verse where Allah ta'ala says وَإِذَا سَأَلْتُمُهُنَّ مَتَاعًا فَاسْأَلُهُنَّ مِنْ وَرَاءِ حِجَابِ ذَلِكُمْ أَطْحَرُ لِقُلُوبِكُمْ وَقُلُوبِهِنْ Allah subhanahu ta'ala says that Addressing the companions, radiallahu anhu, no. the most righteous and the most pure-hearted of people, saying to them that if you are, if you ask them for something, i.e., the wives of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, who again are ummahatul mu'minin and, and the most pure mm. of women, no. then ask them behind a veil, Allah behind Allah. a hijab. Okay, why? Because that Allah says is more pure for your heart and more pure for their heart. Mm-hmm. What can we say about ourselves in this day and age? where uh, diseases of the heart are rampant and we are weak Muslims and we have weak Iman. Sahih. What is going to happen to your heart if you now start addressing women not behind a veil or directly and, and without being segregated? So this is something that we need to contemplate on because this again, my dear brother, my dear sister, it has a direct impact on your heart. It has a direct impact on your Iman. And if you get too comfortable with the opposite sex by speaking to them you know uh, f- f- and freely mixing with them like that then 
when your iman becomes daif and you start struggling with your obligations and other things, then know that you've got nobody to blame but yourself. And regarding the shaking of hands, then the Prophet Muhammad said that I'd rather have a metal rod put through my hand than that I shake the hand of a woman who's a janabiyya. Look at it that way, subhanAllah. So it might be, I mean, sometimes there's there's two two angles to it, subhanAllah. There's an angle of shahwa and there's an angle of shubha. The second one being more dangerous, I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but from the angle of, of, of shahwa or, or desire or if you like, or even from the angle of love for the dunya, it might be that you shake her hand because you're, for example, maybe going to a job interview. Mm-hmm. Happened to me when I was in the West. Applied for a job. I think most people it happens. Happened, yeah. <laughs> you go to a job interview, you walk in as a woman, ah, nice to meet you. And subhanAllah, at that moment, this is a test of your iman. Mm-hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الشيطان يعيدكم الفقرة ويأمركم بالفحشاء والله يعيدكم مغفرة منه وفضلا The shaytan promises you poverty mm-hmm. and he commands you with immoral deeds. Mm-hmm. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises you forgiveness and his bounty. So in this situation, you have to think to yourself, okay, maybe if I don't shake her hand, she might be upset, I might not get the job. Mm. This shaytan, shaytan يعيدكم الفقر. No. Okay, it's in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you get that job or sahih, not. Sahih. So I remember I had that and I was like, sorry, you know, I'm Muslim, mm-hmm. I can't, you know. Mm-hmm. And I still got the job, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. You know, alhamdulillah. <laughs> it didn't stop me from getting the job. Sahih. So, like the brother mentioned, as long as you're respectful, yes, mm-hmm. what you can do is like put your hand on your heart or something like that. Sorry, my yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't. Um, and obviously, lower your gaze, mm-hmm. you know, then inshallah, Allah will make a way out for you. And Allah's bounty is great. So that's from the angle of sometimes some brothers might shake the hands of of, of, uh, of non-mahram women mm-hmm. or they might free mix from the angle of, like I said, from the angle of weak of Im- weakness of Iman. Sahih. But they know it's wrong. Sahih. That's one level. But mm-hmm. a higher level, which subhanAllah is so much worse, is from the angle of Shubha. From the angle of those misguided callers who like to make it out as if it's not a big deal anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, a brother texted me recently talking about this same issue. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how he went to an event, Islamic event, in mm-hmm. a university. Mm-hmm. And it's like that the, the, the caller, or that sheikh, or that person who's actually doing the, the lecture, he's sitting, he said, on a table with a group of college girls answering their questions. And, and we see this online as well. We see uh, lessons delivered by some of these misguided uh, uh, organizations, whereby they give Islamic durus in a mixed environment. Brothers and sisters mixed, or sometimes next, next, sitting next to each other and, and the likes. So we have, unfortunately, this call, mm-hmm. and we have callers who are saying that there's nothing wrong with ikhtilat, and they like to cite, for example, they might to say they like to cite certain ahadith by saying that the Prophet ﷺ at his time, some sahabiyat would ask a question and the likes, trying to kind of like, they want you to think that the companions were sitting next, next to each other, male and female. La, mm-hmm. subhanallah. Mm-hmm. And these are situations whereby a female companion Asked a question, she's covered. And I mean, if you're going to take an example, take the example of the Salah. Mm. Okay? Prophet said the best of the Sufuf, Khairu Sufuf Rijal Awaluha, Washaruha Akhiruha, Wahiru Sufuf in Nisa, Akhiruha, Washaruha Awaluha. Why? This is a place, this is Ibadah. There's no Ibadah. And just to translate, the, the yani, best of the best of the, the rows of the men are the, the first, the beginner ones, the no. best of the rows for the women are the end of the ones to, meaning starting from the behind yes the farther away the furthest yes. away to establish the distance between men 
mm-hmm. and, 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 and women when they come to salah mm-hmm. in a state of ibad in one of the houses of the house of Allah subhanahu Allah. Ta'ala, in the masjid mm-hmm. if that's the case when it comes to a masjid then how about whatever durus or lessons or events that you're doing so. it should be even more the case Sahih. okay so it's from that angle subhanallah a lot of muslim brothers and sisters they know deep in their heart and they have from their fitra and from their religion they know they know that this is something that is wrong Sahih. but you have unfortunately uh, these uh, who are if you like eroding subhanallah that that yeah. shyness that our sisters have no. they're eroding that that hijab and if you like that, that, that distance, that, that from the fitrah that brothers and sisters have, some people eroding it by unfortunately um, making you think that ikhtilat is not a big, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's all right. So from the angle of shubha is much more dangerous. Yes, than from the angle of shubha. So beware of that. This issue is something that is established. Mm-hmm. It's something that is important. Mm-hmm. Something we need to be careful of. Mm-hmm. Yes. If it's from a weakness of Iman mm-hmm. that you've been affected, then mm-hmm. ask Allah to keep you steadfast. And if it is from an angle of shubha that you've been affected by the conduct of some people, mm-hmm. then my advice to you is only take knowledge and only look up to and only take as role models those who are upon the Quran and Sunnah, upon the way of the Salaf, and, and look towards the scholars and how they do things mm-hmm. and return back to those uh, reference points, inshallah ta'ala. Jazakallah khair. Shaykh Ahmed, do you have anything to add to that before we... Allah ya fadakum I think that was a good place to stop right there. We went roughly an hour and a half today. Um any final conclusion, advice for the viewers, listeners that you guys might have that you want to sum it up with? Other than liking, subscribing, and commenting. <laughs> always. Nah, always. <laughs> Mashallah. Allah ya father. Again, I want to thank you, Shay Ahmed, for coming and joining us and sharing with us your 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 work that you put forth. May Allah Ta'ala accept it from you. And we pray that Allah Ta'ala put barakah in it. And hopefully, inshallah, you'll be able to translate it later and get it out there for the people, inshallah, to benefit as well. Because it's very important. Allah ya fadik. With that, ikhwah, wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyina Muhammad.